Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So... For those of you that enjoy some good old classic music, you may be familiar with the song, Turn, Turn, Turn. Now, some of you in here may remember when that wasn't a classic song, but when it first came out. (laughs) Just saying. So, so this song, Turn, 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 was originally written in the late 1950s by Pete Seeger, And it was in 1959 that it was first recorded, and it was first released in 1962 by the Limelighters on their folksy album, Folk Matinee. Uh, A few months later, Pete Seeger himself actually recorded this and released it on his album as well. But it wasn't until 1965 when the folk rock group The Birds recorded and performed this song that it shot up to number one on Billboard's Hot 100 list. And what made The Birds' version of this song so unique was that when they performed it, they didn't perform it as the the traditional folk song that it had been written as and that it had been previously released as. When they performed it, they they released it as a rock and roll song. And, And... when asked about uh, why they recorded it that way, Jim McGuinn, the lead, lead guitarist, he said, when I played it, it just came out as rock and roll because that's what I was programmed to do. Now, we have the benefit of, of hearing the finished product, but interestingly, it took the birds 78 takes over, over a span of five days for them to get that song perfect uh, for them to release it. So as humans, music tends to be just a big part of our life. We play songs at times of celebration. We play songs at times of sorrow. We might even be willing to play a song over and over again just to get the perfect version of it. And sometimes music is just programmed into us. So we're in a series right now titled A Soundtrack for Life. And as we're going through this series, we're simply looking at a different song in the book of Psalms each week. And what we've seen in the Psalms that we've looked at so far is that for David, praise just seems to be programmed into him. He opens his mouth and praise just comes out. So let me pause right here and ask this question. What are you programmed to do? What are you programmed to do? When you open your mouth, what what just naturally comes out? Is it praise like David or is it complaining and and grumbling and whining. And let me just suggest that if your natural bent is to complain, then it might be that your focus is more on your circumstances than on your Lord. And so if that's you, then I would just encourage you to, to shift your focus. Shift your focus off of your circumstances and to begin to place your, your focus onto the Lord. Because here's the deal. Even when our circumstances aren't good, our Lord still is. Even when our circumstances aren't good, our Lord still is. And and so if in those difficult circumstances you will shift your focus off of your your circumstances and if you will shift your focus onto your Lord, then I can guarantee you that that what's going to begin to naturally come out of your mouth 
is praise. David just seems to be programmed to praise. And while the primary focus of the psalm that we, we look at today is not praise, we're still going to see that hint of praise kind of mixed into this psalm here as David seeks to, to keep his focus on what matters most on the Lord. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Psalm chapter 39. Psalm chapter 39, we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. That's the entirety of the chapter, Psalm 39, 1 through 13. And as you're turning there, let me just set this up for you. The psalm that, that we're about to look at is a song of prayer to the Lord. And it's possible, based on the contents of this song, based on the contents of this prayer, that, that David wrote this towards the end of his life, but, but honestly, we don't know that for sure. In fact, there is no specific event in David's life that this, that this passage, that this psalm is directly linked to. And so, so this, this really is just simply a, a prayer that David offers to the Lord. So let me pause right here and say this. We don't need a specific event for us to spend time in prayer with the Lord. We don't need a specific event for us to spend time in prayer with the Lord. And I think this is important for us to remember because we know that the big things draw us to prayer. The big events in our life draw us to prayer. When we get the news that, that either we or someone we know is sick, right, we are drawn to prayer. If we have a big decision to make, maybe a job change or a life change, we are drawn to prayer. If there's some type of struggle that we're going through in our family or, or just in our life, right, we're going to be drawn to prayer. And, and so as we're drawn to prayer in those times, it, it's good, right? We want to pray in those big events, but we don't want those to be the only times that we pray. Our, our prayer should not only be linked to big events in our life. Rather, we should spend time in prayer on a daily basis, praying for the big things, but also praying for the small things, simply just spending that time in conversation with the Lord. So the song that, that David sings here in Psalm chapter 39, it isn't specifically linked to any any event that we know of, but the contents of his prayer are real and raw. Now, that song, Turn, 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 if you're familiar with the lyrics, then you know that Pete Seeger, when he wrote that song, he was heavily influenced by the book of Ecclesiastes. If you look at the lyrics and you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, you will see, uh, you will see very similar words in, in the song, Turn, Turn, Turn. Now, that song, or, or the book of Ecclesiastes, was written by David's son Solomon, and it was written towards the end of Solomon's life. So the book of Ecclesiastes was written long after this psalm here that we're going to look at today. But what we're going to see is some very similar words, some very similar thoughts that David has uh, to what his son had uh, as Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. It, it seems like both of them are, are just overcome by by the shortness of this life, especially as they think about it in view of, of the grand scale of eternity. So with that in mind, let's read Psalm chapter 39, verses 1 through 13. It says, I said, I will guard my ways so that I, might, so that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle as long as the wicked are in my presence. I was speechless and quiet. 
I kept silent even from speaking good, and my pain intensified. My heart grew hot within me as I mused, a fire burned. I spoke with my tongue, Lord, make me aware of my end and the number of my days so that I will know how short-lived I am. In fact, you have made my days just inches long, and my lifespan is as nothing to you. Yes, every human being stands as only a vapor. Yes, a person goes about like a mere shadow. Indeed, they rush around in vain, gathering possessions without knowing who will get them. Now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Rescue me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the taunt of fools. I am speechless. I do not open my mouth because of what you have done. Remove your torment from me because of the force of your hand I am finished. You, you discipline a person with punishment for iniquity, consuming like a moth what is precious to him. Yes, every human being is only a vapor. Hear my prayer, Lord, and listen to my cry for help. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am here with you, uh, with you as an alien, a temporary resident like all my ancestors. Turn your angry gaze from me so that I may be cheered up before I die and I'm gone. Now, as we start off looking at this passage this morning, there are a couple of things that I want to mention. First, as we just looked at this passage, you may have noticed that word Selah there off to the side. We see it at the end of verse 5. We see it again at the end of verse 11. We see that word Selah 70, 71 times in 39 different Psalms. And really, we don't know what that word Selah means for sure. Uh, there, there are some speculations about what it means, but that word is not actually a Hebrew word. But there are a couple of Hebrew words that, that it's similar to, and so people have different ideas of what that word Selah might mean. Because this is a song, it could simply be a musical notation, telling the, the person singing the song to, to take a rest, to pause, uh, much like we might have in, in our own music. When we're singing or when, we, uh, play, when we're playing an instrument, there's, there's a notation in songs to say to rest. And, and so it could be... That, that, that David is saying to, to pause right there. It could be uh, springing forth from a Hebrew word that means to hang or to measure with hanging balances. It could also spring forth from a Hebrew word which means to praise or to lift up. It, it could be that as David was singing this song that he was putting in these reminders of praise throughout this song, just these moments of praise. And so since we really don't know what this word means, I would suggest maybe the best thing for us to do is to do all three of those things. That as we come to that word that we pause, and as we pause that we would, we would, we would consider the weight of God's word here. That we would measure the weight of God's word here. And as we measure the weight, as we consider God's word, that it would cause us to offer up praise. That, that we would respond by lifting up and exalting our Lord once again. So I want you to take note of that word Selah there. But the second thing that I want to mention before we get into our main points, I want to point out uh, David's intentional efforts to remain silent in these first two verses. We read, I said, I will guard my ways so that I may not sin with my tongue. 
I will guard my mouth with a muzzle as long as the wicked are in my presence. I was speechless and quiet. I kept silent even from speaking good, and my pain intensified. Now, as I said before, the psalm isn't linked to any specific event in David's life, but clearly it's linked to a time that, that David is getting angry because of the wicked. You may be able to relate to that. Maybe you think, man, the wicked just make me angry sometimes. Now, if you're thinking that right now, don't look over at your spouse or your children. Right? That'll just make for an awkward car, car ride home. But the wicked, they, they were in David's presence. Now, it could be that, that David, he was king, right? He had people coming into his presence all the time. It could be that he's thinking of sp some specific wicked individuals that have come into his presence. Or it could just be that he's thinking about, as he's thinking about life in general, it could be that he's just thinking about being surrounded by the wicked in this world. It just seems like the wicked are always in his presence and... and you may be able to relate to that as well, feeling surrounded in this world, feeling surrounded in this life by, by the wicked and by the wickedness. I feel that way every time I turn on the TV. Is there anything, any TV show now that doesn't have garbage in it? Is there any movie right now that isn't filled with wickedness? So as David talks about the presence of the wicked here in verse 3, he says that his heart grows hot. It burns like a fire. And at the end of verse 2, the verse we just read, he said that the pain intensified. In other words, David is saying, I feel so angry that it hurts as this anger burns inside of me. And maybe you can relate to that, that in times of anger, maybe it just burns inside of you and it hurts you're so angry. But I want to remind you of David's response to his anger. What we see is that David doesn't lash out in his anger. He controls his tongue, and instead of lashing out, he remains silent. So let me just pause right here and say this. Sometimes it's good to speak up, but sometimes it's good to remain silent. Sometimes it's good to speak up, but sometimes it's good to remain silent. I can remember a, a specific time uh, where it would have been better for me to have remained silent. Uh, another person and I, we'd gotten into a discussion, and that discussion turned into an argument. And what I said with my words were true, but how I said them were hurtful. And so, while what I wanted in this argument, I wanted truth to be made known. But unfortunately, I hurt the other person in the process with my words, and ultimately my words did more damage than good. Sometimes it's good to speak up, but sometimes it's good to remain silent. David recognizes that, that the words that, that he would say in his anger, while they probably would be true, they might do more damage than good. And, and in fact, he might bring dishonor to, to the Lord's name and, and sin in his anger. And so instead of lashing out in his anger, he simply stays silent. And ultimately what we see is instead of carelessly speaking before the wicked, David intentionally speaks to the Lord. What a great reminder for us. Don't be careless with your words. Instead, be intentional with them. Let me say that again. Don't be careless with your words. Instead, be intentional with them. And if you feel like David, like, like your words are going to, going to cause you to sin, then instead of lashing out in anger, speak to the Lord 
instead. And so instead of staying focused on the wicked, instead of staying focused on the here and now, David asks for the Lord to change his focus, that his focus wouldn't be on the wicked, that his focus wouldn't be on his present, but that he would begin to have an eternal focus. And so there's a couple of reasons here that we see in David's prayer, reasons for David to live with an eternal focus, reasons for David to to focus on eternity. These are reasons I believe that we should also live with an eternal focus. And so I want us to consider these things this morning. So first, we should live with an eternal focus because our life is temporary. We should live with an eternal focus because our life is temporary. Let's look at verses 4 and 5 again. David says, Lord, make me aware of my end and the number of my days so that I will know how short-lived I am. In fact, you have made my days just inches long and my lifespan is as nothing to you. Yes, every human being stands as only a vapor. We should live with an eternal focus because our life is temporary. David says, God, would you give me a reminder of just how short my life truly is? Would you remind me that I'm living for something more than this life? And what David says here is, my life is just inches long. Now, some translations, instead of saying inches long, it says... My life is that of a handbreadth. Well, handbreadth is is only about two to four inches long. So I brought with me today this tape measure, and I'm going to invite Bree up here. Where, where are you, Bree? Bree's going to come up to help me with this. Give it up for Bree, everybody. All right. So Bree, I'm going to have you just pull this out down the center aisle to the extent of the tape measure. I think we're coming to the end. Yep, there we go. All right. So this tape measure spans about 300 inches long. Now, I realize that right, uh, a tape measure that would depict eternity, right, that would not fit in this building or, or it wouldn't even fit in this world. So imagine with me for a moment that this tape measure represents your life plus eternity, right? You're, this is eternity plus your life. And so if we go with what David said... Then about two to four inches, this little span right here towards me, about two to four inches in your, in your life, it, or is your life here on this earth, and all of the rest of this tape measure represents eternity, right? There's so much more tape measure left after the short span of life that we have here. But as we think about how we live, right, so often all of our focus, all of our decisions is based on these four inches right here on this end of the tape measure. And many times we fail to make decisions and live for the rest of the tape measure. Such a small portion up here. And then if you really think about it, right, as our life goes on and we begin to prepare for retirement, for what we're going to do in those days towards the end of our life, now we begin preparing for and making decisions for maybe about a half an inch. Right? We've got all of this tape measure, and we're living for this half an inch right here on this tape measure. Right? How foolish are we to just neglect all of eternity and, and, and live for so much right here? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't prepare for retirement, right? But our decisions need to be with an eternal focus. All of this tape measure, when we get done with these two to four inches, we have all of this tape measure left. You can bring it back to me, Bree. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you, Bree. So David says, Lord, would you remind me of just how short my life is? Would you remind me once again that my life on this earth is really just inches long? And, and, and what David is saying is he, he recognizes this truth. If we focus on eternity, then we're going to live for eternity. But if we only focus on this life, then, then we're only going to live for this life. And so let me just pause right here and ask, what are you living for? Are you living for only those few inches that we have here, or are you living for the rest of the tape measure? Are you living for all of eternity? And let me just suggest, maybe we should spend a little bit more time thinking about the rest of the tape measure than thinking about and planning for and worrying about those few inches that we have here in this life. So David says... My days are just inches long. And then he says in verse 5, every human being stands as only a vapor. Now, that's the way the CSB words it. But I want to share with you a couple of other translations here so you can truly grasp what David is saying. The NIV says it like this, everyone is a breath, even those who seem secure. And the King James Version, the new King James Version says it like this, certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. In other words, it doesn't matter how secure someone is. It doesn't matter how good of a life you've built for yourself here on this earth. At the end of the day, we're here today and we are gone tomorrow. Now, I realize that, that school just started back up and, and for the most part, it's still hot as all get out outside, right? I hope the rain cools it down some for us. But if you would humor me for a second, I want to talk about a Christmas song. I know it's not even Thanksgiving yet, but I want to talk about a Christmas song with you. So there's a song that comes on, a very familiar song that comes on the radio every year called Winter Wonderland. And in this song, we, we hear the words, later on we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. Well, when I was a kid, I thought the words of that song was later on milk expires as we dream by the fire. And I thought, how long are we dreaming by the fire? All the milk is going bad. Here's the deal. It, it doesn't matter how secure we are. It doesn't matter how good of a life that we've built for ourselves. At the end of the day, we have an expiration date. In, in the grand picture of eternity, the life that we live on this earth is here for a moment and it's gone the next. And so David says, Lord, remind me of this truth that I might live not just for this life, but that I would live for more than this life. So that the, the thoughts of my heart and the words of my mouth would, would not just be impacted by, by the moment that I'm faced with today, but that they would be impacted by the eternity that I'm going to be faced with tomorrow. This is a good reminder for us, especially when we're, we're angry with the wickedness in the world, for, for us to pause and to be reminded that this life that we're living is not it, to, to remember that we are living for something more than this life. And so being reminded that this life is temporary, it can help us to hold our tongues and, and to not say the things that we don't need to say. But I also believe that, that remembering that this life is temporary can also help us to say the things that we do need to say. Because as believers, while, while we should not lash out in our anger and sin with our words, we do have a call 
to go and to proclaim the gospel, to share the good news that Jesus came into this world, that he died on the cross for your sins and mine, that he went to the grave, that he rose again three days later, and that in him there is hope, there is life, there is forgiveness, there is redemption, there is salvation for all those that call upon the name of the Lord. We may not have much time on this earth, but I believe that we can make much of our time here on this earth if we will use our words, not to lash out in anger and sin with our words, but if we will use our words to proclaim the gospel. So we should live with an eternal focus because our life is temporary. Second, we should live with an eternal focus because our stuff is temporary. Let's read verse 6 again. It says, Yes, a person goes about like a mere shadow. Indeed, they rush around in vain, gathering possessions without knowing who will get them. We should live with an eternal focus because our stuff is temporary. So most of our children will never know the joy of spending a, a Friday night at the movie store trying to pick out the perfect movie that, that everyone can agree on that they can take home and enjoy for the weekend, right? Because of streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Prime Video, all of those things, right? Uh, the, the video store has just kind of become obsolete. In fact, back in 2010, after we had moved to Fort Worth, uh, since we had moved there jobless, I began to apply at Blockbuster, and I went on a couple of promising interviews to Blockbuster. In fact, after the second interview, I was told that they were going to give me a call in, in just a few days to begin working through those next steps for me to be hired. A few days passed, and I didn't get a call. So I called them back, left a message. A few more days passed, didn't get, get a call, and I thought, well, that's strange. I was supposed to get hired here, right? And then I saw on the news that Blockbuster was closing its doors, right? And now all but only one Blockbuster that's hanging on for dear life in Bend, Oregon, right? All of the other Blockbusters have shut its door. The video store has become obsolete. So when stuff like this happens, this is a good reminder for us that the stuff in this life is temporary that the stuff in this world at the end of the day it really just not it doesn't matter because in the grand scale of eternity not only are blockbusters obsolete but every single thing that we have is going to be obsolete it, it, it there's not a single thing in this world that you can purchase not a single thing in this world that you can make with your hands that you're going to be able to take with you into the next life and yet David says, everyone is running around like shadows, temporary beings trying to store up for themselves temporary things. How foolish. And in the end, who will get them? In the end, where will all of it go? We might have a lot of stuff in this life, but, but it amounts to nothing in the next. And so David's prayer here really reminds us of, of Jesus' call for us in Matthew Chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus said, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in David's prayer, he, he asks God to change his focus because David recognizes that that. This life is temporary and that our stuff is temporary. And, and so as we close this morning, I want to direct your attention to 
what David says in verse 7. After asking God to shift his focus off of the temporary and onto the eternal, David makes this declaration. He says, now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. As David asks God to shift his focus onto the eternal, we see this shift happen. I believe that what happens in the middle of this prayer is God begins to shift David's focus off of the anger or, or the wicked people that he was angry about at the beginning of his prayer, and now he's focused on the hope that he has in the Lord. And so maybe like David, you need to just pray that simple prayer today. Lord, would you shift my focus onto eternal things? Lord, would you help me to not get wrapped up in the here and now? Would you help me to not get wrapped up uh, on the present, on the things here in this life? Would you help me to focus on eternity? I believe that if you will pray that prayer, just like God did for David, God will answer that prayer for you, and he might even do it mid-prayer. And you might find that as you're praying, your heart begins to shift, and you begin to focus on the hope that you have in the Lord. When your focus is on eternity, when, when your hope is in the Lord, then this hope that you have in Him can be a song that is on the soundtrack for your life. Now, if you've never received that hope in Jesus Christ today, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this will be your opportunity to respond this morning. And if you're here and you would say, that's me. My hope is not in the Lord. I don't have that, that security in the future. Man, I've been living so long for the here and now, but today I recognize that Jesus did die and that he rose again, and I'm ready to place my faith and my trust in him. I'm ready to receive that transformed life, to receive that hope that, that only he can give. If that's you, then I would suggest, I talked about not using your words carelessly, but using them intentionally. Today, you can intentionally make a simple declaration that will make all the difference in your life, and that is, Jesus, you are Lord. Today, if you're ready to make Jesus your Lord, then as we sing this song, I'm going to be standing right down front. I would invite you to join me. Step out of your seat. Let's, let's talk down here. Let's pray, and today can be the day that you receive a hope for eternity in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you would say, well, I've given my life to Christ already, but I've never taken that next step of baptism. We don't believe that baptism saves us, but we do believe it's something that God has called all of us to do, all those that have given their lives to him. It's a step of obedience. And so if you would say, Jesus is my Lord, but you've not taken that step of baptism, then I would encourage you to take that step of obedience. You can come down front today and we can make that commitment together. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ and I've been baptized by immersion already. And I've been visiting First Baptist Church Stockdale. I know that God's calling me to make this my church home, to connect my life with the mission and purpose here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. If God's calling you to become a part of this church family, then I would invite you to respond as well. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, I would just encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me. 
and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you and have a great week.